0: Uh, Friends, that theme song lets you know it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. I pray that it is something that is familiar to you. Because if it is, and you recognize the broadcast by the theme song, uh, you are a consistent listener right here on WMAF to this broadcast. And we feel like we have friends, uh, not just in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, but all over the world. Wherever you're receiving this broadcast, we welcome you today. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, uh, please stay tuned today. The message we have from the Word of God, the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is filled with with God's great love for fallen men and women just like you, just like me. So don't miss this broadcast today as we're going to be talking once again about the love of God, faith's strong love foundation. Praise God. Amen. So we we want you to hear from God's Word uh, this great message of hope and truth today that can change not only your life right here, right now, but change your destiny where you're going to live forever and ever. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're so grateful for our listeners today, and we would invite you, if you enjoy this broadcast, to let the station know. Let's station know you enjoy their their format and their programming, and uh, we thank God uh, also for the fellow ministers that minister right there in Madison and North Florida uh, these uh, those who open the Bible on Sunday morning and invite people to their churches to hear the Word of God and minister that word we need it now, and we need those ministers who will stand up. For Christ and for the Bible and for the truth of God's word like never before, and we want you to know that we are in full cooperation with every Bible believing preacher and teacher and church and denomination. Praise God. Hallelujah. The last day harvest is here, and we are want to be part of that gathering in of the precious, precious sheaves uh, and to lay them before the feet of our Savior. When he comes. Praise God. You that are listening in Africa, we know we have listeners in Africa. We welcome you today. You that are listening in Arizona, we welcome you. West Virginia, we welcome you. I could go on and on and on and on, but we just want you to know that we're so glad that you've joined us for this message today. We hear a lot about faith today, and maybe uh, because so much emphasis has been put on faith. We're getting into an imbalance, and we want to bring that balance back, because without an understanding, an appreciation, and an appropriation of the love of God, we will never consistently use and build and use our faith. So we want to talk about this foundation for faith, which is nothing less than the love of of God, Amen. So as incredible as it is, God's love is also indisputable. And this is where we're going to continue this message today. The indisputable love of God. Hallelujah. Do you have your Bibles? I just want you to turn to our text for all of this teaching is back in the book of Psalms, Psalm 36 and verse 7, which simply says how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow. Of thy wings. We've been talking about the incredible love of God. And this week we're going to be talking about the indisputable and then the indispensable love of God. And we're going to see how far that we can get in this wonderful, wonderful revelation of God's heart. And everything that motivates every redemptive act of God toward fallen men is based on on His great love for you and His great love for me. Uh, F. W. Borum compiled a list of favorite texts of some great men of God, like Sir Isaac Newton, uh, John Newton, David Livingston, William Carey. The final chapter of his book was on John 3.16, and he called it Everybody's Text. And indeed it is, it's so simple and so sufficient, so sure, its words are simply wonderful and wonderfully simple. <laughs> Another theologian writes, in this wonderful verse of Scripture, John 3.16, which has rightly been called the heart of the gospel, are contained the revelation of the gospel's fundamental truths. John 3.16 is very familiar to most of us, maybe a little too familiar to where we really don't get the force of it and the power of it. It is the most used verse of Scripture to win souls to Christ in all of the Bible. And it simply says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And this commentator goes on to say in the first declaration here, made to us, we have a revelation of God. And what we are told of God is perfectly astounding. In fact, from the standpoint of man's reason, it is wholly incredible. If we had been told that God stooped to notice the world of mankind, that would have been astonishing enough. If it had been said that He regarded us and His goodwill and mercy was upon us as it is upon all His works, that would have been a revelation to call forth man's wonder and praise. But when we are told that God loved us and so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son for us, if we try to grasp that thought in its fullness of meaning, our minds are overwhelmed. It is inconceivable that the Creator of the universe should love us. Then we need not stumble at the miracles over Joshua's making the sun stand still, literally God answering his prayer, or the whales following Jonah. Those things are nothing in comparison. Here's something far and away above and more important and impossible on the face of it. How can it be yet Here it is calmly stated that God loved us this much, that He would give His only begotten Son, not just give Him to come and lay in a manger and grow up and teach righteousness, but give Him to be sacrificed upon a cross, to bear our sins as our substitute, as our Lamb of God. So, friend, today, no matter how you feel about yourself and no matter how others feel about you, no matter what the devil says to you, no matter how the circumstances may look, God's love for you and for me is indisputable. It's incredible, but it's also indisputable. We need a renewed vision of Jesus suffering and dying upon the cross for us for you, for me, so that we never doubt God's love for us. The cross screams, I love you, in the face of cursing, mocking, hate-filled, fallen man, taking sick pleasure in his pain and suffering, and yet he who could have called the armies of heaven remains on the cross. He who created man, and he who created the tree from which the cross was hewn, He who created the earth and all that is in, He who hung the stars in space, He so loved you and me that when every cell of His body cried for relief, He stayed on the cross, not held by the puny nails, but by the incredible, indisputable love that He has for every one of us who have sinned against Him. The Bible said in Romans chapter 5 verse 6 through 8, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely will a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love to us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This word commendeth in the, in the Greek means to show, to prove, to establish, to exhibit. The Amplified brings this out. It says, but God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Hallelujah. So God's love is incredible, it's indisputable, and it's also indispensable. That's why it is faith's strong foundation. Getting a grasp of the love of God is vital to victory. When the pressure is on, when we are persecuted, when we are tempted, when we are facing overwhelming circumstances, when a prayer is unanswered for a season, when heaven seems shut up, and when God seems distant, when we need a place to stand where faith still clings to God's promises, that's when the love of God becomes so vitally important to us. Romans eight thirty-five through 39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. You see, all of these things seem to tell us, God doesn't love you. If He loved you, none of these things would befall you. But the cross continues to declare God's love for you and God's love for me. The scripture goes on to say in verse 36, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ah, friend, when the heat is on in the furnace of affliction, let us glory in the cross. Let us glory in the cross. In Jude 1, verse 20 and 21, it said, But ye, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Sometimes the emphasis is just on praying, praying in the Spirit, praying with the Spirit, praying in faith and believing. But the next verse says, keep yourself in the love of God. We're building ourselves up in that prayer life, but the foundation For that building is the love of God. The Bible actually says the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. So we don't just know this intellectually. We know it experientially. We sense that love and we accept that love because of the cross and the person who stayed on it for six long, agonizing hours. Just because he loved you and he loved me. This scripture and this indispensable truth was life-changing for a preacher well-known by the name of David Wilkerson. This is what he said about it. He said, the Holy Ghost recently stirred my spirit concerning his love. And I'm quoting him. He led me to this passage from Jude, ye beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. As I read these verses he he, he states, I heard the Spirit quietly whisper to me, David. You've never yet come into the fullness and joy of my love. You have the theology right, but you haven't yet experienced the ecstasy and rest of keeping yourself in my love. Up to now, you've only been in it up to your ankles, but there's a whole ocean of my love for you to swim in. The Bible is filled, friend, with the truth of God's love. And David went on to say, but at times I allow myself to wonder, how could God ever love me? It's not that I doubt his love. It's more of a failure on my part to keep myself in the knowledge and the assurance of his love for me. Ah, friends, we need to stay focused on Christ and Christ in a particular way, Christ on the cross for us resurrected, yes, ascended to heaven, yes, seated at the right hand of the Father, absolutely, coming back for us, absolutely, but always loving us enough to stay on the cross. It's a wonderful moment when you grasp this truth. You suddenly realize God loved me when I was lost, undone, and a stranger, and He proved His love for me by sacrificing His own Son on my behalf. Few Christians, however, learn how to be kept in God's love. We know something of our love toward the Lord, but we seldom seek the revelation of God's great love for us. In fact, if you were to ask most Christians to find biblical passages on God's love, they could only point to a few. If you ask them about faith and confession and the believer's authority, they could find many And yet the foundation for all of those great truths is the very love of God that was demonstrated when Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth. And He spanned that great gulf between God and fallen man that sin had created. And uh, and the, the love that God had in His heart to send His Son and the love in the heart of Jesus Christ that held him to the tree. Ah, friend, we need that focus again, so that we can run with perseverance the race that is set before us, and not faint, and not become weary. We're sustained by that understanding, appreciation, and appropriation of the great love wherewith God loved you and God loved me praise the Lord. The Bible said we're to run this race looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if we just look to Him for inspiration to believe, uh, look to Him for, for uh, a development of faith in His promises, His person, and not look to Him to get, grasp the love that was in God's heart that sent Him and the love that was in His heart that held Him to the cross, we're not going to see the full picture. We're not going to get the full understanding. Let me put this in context. Looking unto Jesus in a particular way. Listen to it. Looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Consider Him who suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself, unless you be weary and faint in your own mind. You see, when I focus on Jesus on the cross, I am not focused on me. That questioning of God, why has this happened to me, if you love me, and opening the door for the enemy to lie and say, if God loved you, he would not have allowed this to come upon you. Oh, friend, everyone has been in that circumstance and heard the voice of the enemy accusing God of not loving us. And that issue needs to be settled at the cross. Praise God. Listen, understanding the love of God is the secret to an overcoming life. Multitudes grow spiritually cold and lazy because they're ignorant of God's love for them. They don't know that their greatest weapon against Satan's attacks is to be fully convinced of God's love and to never doubt it through the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Charles Wesley understood this, and he wrote in that song, And Can It Be? It said One of the verses said, He left His Father's throne above, so free, so infinite His grace, emptied Himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy, all, immense and free, for, O oh my God, is it found out me? Amazing love. How can it be that Thou, my God, should die for me when we get away from that focus on the cross and we just focus on ourselves and our immediate circumstances? We are we are opening the door for the enemy to lie to us concerning God's love. We need to settle this issue once and for all, that no matter what happens, we never doubt God loves us. Our faith will sustain us in the furnace of affliction as long as we never doubt the love of God. It's not faith as some abstract force divorced from the the knowledge of a person and his great love for us. It is faith that is based on that very reality. And it is a love that is brought to us by the Holy Spirit as we focus on Jesus on the cross. Praise God. And I love this great hymn, verse of this great hymn, Come, Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing Thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, O oh, fix me on it, mount of God's unchanging love. There it is, the mount of God's unchanging love. What mount? Did he have in view a mountain of spiritual love? No, the mount Calvary, the mountain upon which Jesus was crucified. Oh, friend of mine, the message of the cross Saved souls in the first century and transformed lives. And the message of the cross is still saving souls and transforming life in the 21st century. We do not need uh, some man man's concept of, of a new and improved gospel to get people in a building and call it church. We need to preach Christ and Him crucified with all of the fervor and ardent love of God that it came in the first generation of Christians. Praise God. And we need to reciprocate that love with a life of devotion to the Lord that we might walk out and live out the faith. Praise the Lord. We've been talking to about looking to Jesus for this faith by l- focusing on Jesus On the cross, bleeding, dying, suffering for you and for me. And I've tried to do the impossible to explain the inexplicable, inexplicable, define the indefinable and describe the indescribable two hippies, uh, and I was talking last Sunday about baptizing when back during the day of so many coffee house ministries and, and a lot of hippies coming off the street in our neighborhood and getting saved, and they came to our church and wanted to be baptized in water. <laughs> and I heard one of them saying there were two hippies staring at the vast expanse of endless waters in the ocean. And one of them looked at the other and said, Dig. All that crazy water. (laughs) And the other one said, yeah, and that's just the top. Sometimes at my best, after all of these years of preaching the gospel, I wonder how. Can I continue to preach on the love of God and never feel that I've done it justice? And you know, I don't feel like I will ever complete this message. Every message has a foundation. And the foundation for every message from the Word of God is based on the love of God. And what happened a little over 2,000 years ago on a hill Call Mount Calvary on an old, rugged cross. Friend of mine, it doesn't matter how long you have been a Christian. It doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. And I believe the first love needs to be rekindled over and over again. And I believe what, I know what rekindles the first love is doing our first works. And our first works began with kneeling, and receiving the Savior, repenting of our sins. And our focus at that moment was Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for us. And it stimulated love within us for Him, and it is called the first love in the book of Revelation. And that's what He had against the church at Ephesus. This is what was wrong that needed to be corrected. He commended them for all the good things, and there were a great number of good things. But he said, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love. He said, Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent and do your first works, else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick, your lampstand. In other words, we can't have just a form of godliness that denies the power. We can't have just a ritualistic, routine religion without our heart burning in love for Christ and for God. Because without it, it's not authentic. It's not true Christianity. And there's no real fulfillment in it. And that's why there's so much hypocrisy. And that's why there's so much sin in so many lives of those who claim to know Christ as their Savior. Because if a man loved me, the Scripture said, he will keep my commandments. We will want To obey Him. We will want to serve Him. We will struggle with our flesh, with the world, with the enemy, all of our life. But that struggle will be because we love the Lord and we want to serve Him. And that's why that we crucify the flesh. Hallelujah. In order to follow Jesus. That's why we take up our cross. Because not only is love, the love of God, the foundation for our faith. It is the foundation for all of our devotion to God. And if a man loved me, if we reciprocate love, if first we have to receive it before we can reciprocate it, first we have to look to the cross and believe with all of our heart by the help of the Holy Spirit just how much God loves you and God loves me. And if it melts our heart then that love of God will begin to mold our life according to His will and purpose because in that surrendered state of devotion to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is free to work within us like soft clay in the hands of the potter. And God can make of us whatever He wants of us because of the deep devotion that we have to Him. Our friend today let's not get caught up in just the routine of going to church and the rituals that we may may be wonderful rituals that we go through to 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 worship god in in a particular way but the true worship has to begin in the heart of hearts the true love has to come from the heart and the true faith is supported by constantly Constantly, consistently being renewed in an understanding and appreciation of His great love for us. Every Communion Sunday, every time we receive the Lord's Supper, we're focusing right back on remembering Him. And not remembering Him on a mountain preaching and the miracles and all of the other works, but remembering Him in a particular peculiar specific way this is his blood poured out his body broken remembering Jesus on the cross renewing our faith and our love and our devotion for him glory be to God ah friend today if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior I want to challenge you right here and right now to come to him I'm convinced that He's dealing with your heart. We can't preach His love. We can't preach the cross without the Holy Spirit reaching out to those that are hearing the message. I'm absolutely convinced if you don't know Christ that He's touching you, that He's calling you. Oh, friend, don't push Him away. Don't put it off. Respond to Him. Respond to the love that He had for you and has for you right now. No matter what you've done, He's waiting, calling, warning you to repent of your sin and accept His pardon. Accept His forgiveness by accepting His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. And today, if you're a Christian, you're going through something you don't understand and heaven seems brass I want you to know God loves you focus on Jesus on the cross and stand your ground God will bring you through well our time is gone would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus